0: Pastor Xavier Rees expressing the revelation of God according to the Word of God. The Egyptians believed a
1: flat world rested on four pillars of stone. And the ancient Hindus believed that a flat world rested on the back of an elephant. And yet, in spite of all these systems and everything, Moses had the nerve to say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Revelation of God, not man.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The Egyptians and other neighboring nations had many gods, the creatures of their own fancy, strange and new gods. And so now free of the slavery of Egypt, it was all the more relevant that Yahweh, the God of Israel, make clear that His people must entirely cleave to Him and not be for any other either of their own invention or borrowed from their neighbors. Pastor Xavier begins an in-depth look at each of the Ten Commandments, beginning today with a message titled, God is to be first.
1: A church rented a bar to begin their church meetings. And as they were negotiating, the bar owner said, listen, I've got a parrot there, but he has to stay there. I'm not taking him out. So they tried to talk to Bartender, no, he wouldn't do it. So they left the parrot in there. So first day in church, here comes the people who are lining and everything else. And all of a sudden, the preacher's about to start. And the parrot says, Wah. new bartender. He goes, Wah. new piano player. What? Same old crowd. <laughs> what a picture of the church today. It's hard to tell the Christian from the world today. We hear much about the new morality, beginning with the 70s, breaking out of the 60s into the 90s. But in fact, it's the old morality that thrives on self, pleasure, insatiable thirst for things. This type of philosophy has been the uh, downfall and decay of so many nations in the past in history, Babylon, Rome, Greece, whatever. You name them. And we can easily see how it has gripped our nation, our young people. We've had 40 years of philosophy that has taken us from an objective truth to a subjective truth. The only thing that is not tolerated is the Judeo-Christian ethic on which this nation was founded. Moses, at this point, once again "...has gone up to the mountain to meet with God, to receive the revelation of his words for the people of God, because they have been gripped with the awesomeness of his holiness, and fear has struck them at the hearing of his voice." An amazing thing, that they heard his voice. Moses is about to receive the moral law, known as the Ten Commandments or the Decalogue, in order to establish a moral, responsible society and holy, theocratic nation ruled by God, A peculiar people, a special treasure, Exodus 19, 4 through 6. That same attribute is given to us as Christians in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. The Ten Commandments are God's revelation to live life out in accord with their holy God. Not so much to restrict the people, but rather to guide them to experience life to its fullest in a safe society. Safeguarding. Against the enslavement of sin and degeneracy. The Ten Commandments stand high above all moral systems Egyptian, Greek, Chinese, you name it. According to the Jewish tradition, they are considered the pillars of the law and its roots. The Decalogue is usually divided into two parts, as you know, there are other divisions, but the first table of the law contains the first four dealing with man's relationship to God in Exodus 20, verse 1 through 11. That's the vertical axis, the most important. Before you try to get anything squared away with yourself or anybody, you better be right with God. That's your new birth. Very important. The second table of the law is the last six, dealing with man's relationship to man, verse 12 through 17. This is the horizontal plane being the outgrowth of the vertical the responsibility of man then is not only just to be an Ovid, but to obey it in verse 18 through 20 of Exodus 20. Very important. Now, these basic laws are concise, comprehensive, saturated with simplicity and incredible depth of value, declaring the very fiber and key to an orderly, civil, and safe society for people to live in. The content of the Ten Commandments are found in legal codes of antiquity and are the base of human government today in most societies in the world, in particular the second table of man's dealing with man. So we want to begin a series on the Ten Commandments, and I want you to be in awe of God, just three, four, five little words, and what they encompass, what they mean, the effect of them on a person's life. Is amazing. And so we want to look at the first commandment in the list. Let me read here, chapter 20, verse 1 through 3. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Here's the three characteristics this first commandment is known by. First, the origin of the words, verse 1. Second, the authority behind the words in verse 2. And third, the primary foundation is the first word. Let's begin with the origin of the words. And God spoke all these words, saying... Notice the person identified is said to be God. The first book of Genesis, which reveals the record of creation, uses this very same word. The word is Elohim. And it's found in the very first verse of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God is Elohim. It's a compound unity. L is one, L is two, Elohim is a compound unity. And I am ending on a Hebrew word, it's a plurality. We'll get into it as we move along. We don't only really believe there's one God, but it's three persons. Now, the same God created us in His likeness and His image and gave dominion to Adam in Genesis 1:26, to rule the earth. Notice the person of God is the one responsible for all the words. God, Elohim, the Creator, was the one who spoke all these words. The word spoke there, Devar, is not a specific word as the word order or commandment. The word means a declaration, though we commonly call them the Ten Commandments. Literally, they are the Ten Words. They're the declarations, the Ten Words. They are said to be written by the finger of God in Exodus 31, 18 and 24, 18. Can you imagine? God wrote those things. Now, by the time Solomon got the the Ark of the Covenant, all there was was the two tables of stone written with the finger of God. The pot of manna had been ripped off and so had the rod of Aaron. The two tables were given, written on both sides, we are told in Exodus 32, 15 through 16. The work of God and the writing was the writing of God engraved on stones. The record is all over. You can't escape it the Lord Yahweh declared ten basic principles for godly living the majority of them are in the negative I don't know if you've noticed that or not but they're against the wicked practices of the natural or unsaved man this is our bent towards darkness the ten words are apodectic law it's absolute not causatic, subject to individual case and point man needs absolutes He gives you very specific. The words were not given to save man, but you know they were already redeemed. But they were to guide and to rule their conduct so as to not be in bondage to sin, to degenerate. And the New Testament gives very much evidence. We cannot keep the law, cannot make us righteous or justify us before God. Yet God gave the law to guide and to show that the law condemns us and accuses us. It's Christ who leads us to the cross, and the law is a schoolmaster that leads us to Christ. He fulfilled the law. If you fail in one, you fail in all, James says. So anybody who wants to live by law, they're never going to make it. Yet the law is holy, just, and good. It's I who am sinful, and it condemns me. But I'm still responsible for right and wrong, because I have capacities in the image and likeness of God. Now, the ten words are in the negative except for two, as I said. The Sabbath and honoring parents, verse 8 and verse 12, the only positive ones. Again, the location is still Mount Sinai, the very place that God had told Moses to bring them back to serve him in Exodus 3.12. Here they are. Sinai communicated to the people the holiness of God. In chapter 19, verse 1 through 8. The instructions to Moses was to prepare the people to meet their holy God. In Exodus 9 through 15. There in in chapter 19. In the manifestation of the holiness of God and hearing his voice brought fear upon the people. And they didn't want to hear him anymore. In Exodus 19, 16 through 25. So Exodus 19 to 24 is an entire section. Too often the Ten Commandments are taught outside of the context or without letting the people know the backdrop. It's 19 to 24. In 19, you have the covenant the Lord is declaring to them, revealing His holiness. Then in chapter 20, you have the 10 words, declaring and confirming the holiness of God. Then in 21 to 23, you have the civil ordinances and the social ordinances confirm uh, the holiness of God. And in 24, you have the covenant entered into with Israel in that covenant, a commitment to holiness. This is a whole section together. God has spoken to man since he created him, as you know. There's evidence all around it. He gave Adam charge over all the earth, the animal kingdom. He named it. He spoke to him clearly. He gave Adam permission to enjoy all that was in the garden for one clear restriction. That was the only one. And he gave him everything to enjoy his wife and fellowship with God. Made it very clear. But Adam listened to Eve rather than God. Bringing the fall, she was deceived, he transgressed. Romans 5.12, 1 Timothy 2.14. God spoke to mankind after Adam also. He spoke to Noah clearly to prepare an ark because God was going to judge the world. Genesis 5. The world became so corrupt. The imagination of man's heart was evil continually. It grieved God. He spoke to Noah about replenishing the earth after the flood in Genesis 9. He spoke to Abraham clearly to leave his father's house, his nation, called to a land. That he would give him in, Rome, in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And the first call is in chapter 11. But we usually focus on the 12th chapter. He spoke to many others after that. Isaac, Jacob, David, the prophets. On and on. We read things in the scriptures. Thus saith the Lord. The Lord said, the word of the Lord came to me. Take and eat. The words of the Lord put his words in my mouth. So on and so forth. Thousands of times. If they're not true, then we've got a book of lies. Which one do you believe? God has spoken to mankind through His Son, Jesus Christ, in these last days and by no other. And He does this that we might escape the judgment to come. In fact, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 4 says, God who at various times and in various ways spoken times past to the fathers through the prophets has in these last days spoken to us through His dear Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person and upholds all things by the word of his power, when he was by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has inherited, obtains a more excellent name than they. So it is through the Son, no one else. Today people want to make it broader. People want to say you can get to heaven apart from Jesus Christ. They're liars. If you think you can get to heaven apart from Jesus Christ, you're an enemy of God. You're rebellious towards God. You're saying this Bible is full of lies. I propose to you that you're the liar, not the Bible. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. And then he went to the cross He gave up his spirit, and he signed it in blood. We can't change the rules. God is the one who gave the revelation. The origin of the words were divine, are they not? They're not human. Now notice the authority behind the words. God was the all-existing one. I am the Lord Yahweh, your God. He identifies himself as the God of covenant. Don't miss that. The phrase has been called the preamble, which identifies the author of the covenant here. The personal pronoun I is emphatic, and the subject. He alone initiates the covenant and stipulates the specific revelation. In Deuteronomy 4.13, it says, So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, the ten commandments, and he wrote them on two tables of stone, the ten words. That's what he gave. The word Lord, Yahweh, as you know, is what is called the uh, the tetagrammaton, the four consonants, Y-H, W-H, or V-H, whichever way you want to choose. No vowels were written, so it's believed to be pronounced Yahweh or Yahweh now. The word is based on the same verb that we studied in Exodus 3.14, to be. I am that I am. It's a verb form. The word is the singular be in the verb. To happen. It means continuing unfinished action. I am being that I am being active presence. He's eternal. He that will be. He that is and he that was. I will be that I will be expressing a perfect unconditional and independent eternal self existence. The phrase I am Yahweh has been said to constitute all that he is. Says and thus Sufficient for the needs of the children of Israel. And for you also. The formula is one of the assertion of his authority. He is the one who always is. No one else beside him. As if to say, I will be whatever you want and allow me to be. I am your all in all in a personal relationship. Because he never forces anybody. He respects free will. Now, in Exodus 3.14 when we were there, God told Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am. He who exists and will be all you need in the present. He's the one who sent me. They had been in bondage for many years. Notice he identifies himself as their personal God. Don't miss it. Your God. The phrase appears four times besides this one in these ten words. Verse 5, 7, 10, and 12. Your God. Your God. Moses declared to them he was their God through past covenant. There's a history. There's a history behind it. Uh, In Exodus 3.15, he said, Moreover, God said to Moses, You shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord Yahweh God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has sent me to you. There's a history tied to this event. This didn't just happen. There's a history that you and I need to study within our lifetime, within our nation, where we come from and where we've been so we can know where we're going. Very important. Now, Moses had declared to them that he was the God of all generations for the Jews after the patriarchs. He said, this is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Since Acts 3.15, he's the God of the Jews. You understand? He chose the Jew. This was God's name forever, revealing his person, character, authority, power, all that he was, his reputation. The name was a memorial to all generations He acts as he wills. And they had in their mind the acts, the mighty deeds, through all the generations. We have them recorded in the Bible. So important that God had them put them in a book. Now notice, God is the one who had delivered them out of Egypt. He says this, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. The personal historical redemption of the Hebrews made them more accountable to Yahweh. To those who much is given, much more is required, right? It's just simple. They had witnessed the miracles. They had witnessed the personal protection, their separation from certain plagues in Egypt. They had witnessed how God had spared the firstborn, and we can go on and on. The manner of deliverance was through ten plagues. The river now was turned to blood. The land was plagued with frogs, lice, flies, disease, boils, hail, locusts, Darkness, and finally, the death of the firstborn. They were there. They saw the power of God. The journey from Egypt to Mount Horeb was no less miraculous. The Egyptians were destroyed after they had crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, never to see them again. Notice God is the one also who freed them from bondage, out of the house of bondage. They had been slaves for 430 years, Exodus 1240 told us. That's a long time. They had increased, and Pharaoh feared their number lest they fall to their enemies and turn against them. So he targeted them for genocide of their children by ordering midwives to kill the children who would be born. But they refused. They feared God. They had been ordered to cast their children to the Nile, which they hid Moses for a while, as we know. And then he was put out there in a little ark, and and God's hand was directing, and Moses was raised as Pharaoh's daughter's son. They had been made to bear hard service and mortar and brick, and it increased when Moses came to deliver them. Things got worse before they got better. Been there? They had lost all hope of being freed from their bondage until God freed them to serve Him. He has freed you and myself to serve God. And the first step of service is obedience. Look at the phrase, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. is the great deliverance formula. That appears 125 times describing Yahweh's loving, gracious character towards his people. It presumes indebtedness to God. It presumes appreciation towards God. It presumes love for God. It presumes the worship of God. Why? He's God. And yet he died for us who are sinners. If that doesn't humble you. If that doesn't cost you to be in awe of God, then nothing will. The Egyptians believed that a flat world rested on four pillars of stone. And the ancient Hindus believed that a flat world rested on the back of an elephant. And the elephant stood on the back of an enormous turtle. And that turtle stood on an immense coiled snake. And these are just few of the philosophical and religious viewpoints about creation, God, man, which is crazy. The only way you can know the truth is because God revealed himself. And yet, in spite of all these systems and everything, Moses had the nerve to say, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Revelation. No longer did he yield to philosophy or opinion or theory or anything else. But revelation. You want to be right with God, you want to be on target, then you go to the revelation of God, not man. Egypt is always a type of the world, and all of us were delivered from it as we believe and trusted the gospel. What an incredible day. The gospel opened our eyes to the true condition that we were in, dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2 1 and 2. The deliverance took us out of darkness into the kingdom of God kingdom of light brand new creatures can you believe that God has forgiven you of all your sins and put them as far as the east and the west thank God he didn't say north and south Psalm 103 12 in the deepest ocean Micah says whiter than snow we're fully aware that we owe all to Jesus because of revelation not feelings not emotions but because of God's word The deliverance freed us from a life of bondage to sin. The authority behind the words were Yahweh's, not Moses, Yahweh's.
0: Moses, making the bold stand for the God of the Bible and deliverer of the children of Israel, as Pastor Xavier Reese is only partway through a study of the first of the Ten Commandments. And there's much more of this message to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply, God is to be first. It's available on CD for only $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is, God is to be first. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing... Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com